Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. You are now listening to season seven of the show. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Ronnie Gurian. Ronnie attended Duke University and has an MBA from the University of California, Berkeley. Ronnie is the Chief Operating Officer at Clio. Before joining Clio, Ronnie was the GM Global Head of Uber for Business and Managing Director of International BD at Airbnb. Ronnie has over 20 years of experience leading large-scale market teams specializing in sales, account management, and sales operations. Now at Clio, he oversees a team of multiple hundreds leading on commercial, GTM, and operations functions. So a very warm welcome, Ronnie. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Legally Speaking podcast. And before we dive into all your amazing projects, experiences, we do have a customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the reality of the TV hit program Suits in terms of its reality of the law on a scale of one to 10, 10 being very real? Well, I would say two. I started watching it. I think I stopped watching because I found it unrealistic, but you know, it's a good show entertainment wise. Entertainment wise, good, but too fair enough. With that, we'll move swiftly on to talk all about you. To begin with, we'd love to know a bit more about your journey and background. So tell our listeners a bit more about your journey. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's see. I grew up in uh, moving around a ton and then coming out of college, I thought I was going to be a doctor. So ended up actually being in management consulting in the healthcare industry. I kind of switched out of pre-med, but, but was interested in the healthcare industry. Decided I wanted to make a switch into tech pretty early on. I went back to business school at Berkeley to get my MBA and uh, get into the technology industry. I did a little bit of technology investment banking for JP Morgan. And then after that, I, I moved into working for internet and leading technology companies. And that's kind of what I've done the last 20 odd years. I spent a lot of time in the travel industry with Expedia and uh, Airbnb and some places like that. Then moved into Uber and moved onto the B2B side of Uber, where I really ran Uber for business globally, which was a lot of fun. And then I joined Clio two years ago, where I'm, I'm the COO, and we can talk more about that. So kind of a, a wide-ranging journey, but a lot of different technology companies, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading through your resume, and I was just like, wow, wow, wow. There's so much we could try and get through in such short space of time. What I want to dive into is just a couple of the sort of key takeaways from the lessons maybe at the likes of Uber and Airbnb, where you held such high profile roles? What are some of the key lessons that you've learned from there that have maybe helped you in the role with Clio? You know, kind of thinking back about all the different stops I've had, and I've worked at a lot of big global companies, is just how important the CEO and the top leadership are in terms of setting what the direction and the culture and the and, and really the, the, the priorities are and how, how impactful that can be. So you might work at two competitors, for instance, I've worked at HomeAway and Airbnb, number one and two in their space. I've worked at Orbitz and Expedia, also two of the biggest online travel agencies. And the cultures and the the operating methods can be so radically different just based on kind of how the CEO or the leadership team really sets the tone. And, um, you know, specifically to answer your question on, on Airbnb and Uber, I would say Airbnb, Brian, and the team have done such an amazing job focused on the customer experience and the brands. It's a very organic driven growth story which is really unique because so much of travel is more through online marketing driven. And that Uber was all about global scale, going fast and establishing a beachhead and just obsessing over growth and kind of a land grab mentality. And that creates a whole bunch of different realities for how you operate the business. So yeah. 
just listening to a few of the words you're saying there, I, I can see, but I'm going to ask you the question later on, what attracts you to clear when you think of transformation for all, you think about growth, you think about vision. There's a lot of alignment there, but sort of you touched on it before. I want to go back because obviously legal is probably a new space for you. What inspired specifically from travel, hospitality into into legal tech? Did you, what, what was the reason for that? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I was, like I said, I, I had left travel to work at Uber, which is not really in travel, but um, is, and that was driven by a desire to really get deeper into a, a deep technology space and role. That's such an amazingly complex technology challenge, a three-sided marketplace at global scale and all of that. But then after doing that for a number of years, I was looking to find a role for a smaller company. And instead of leading a division within a very large company, I kind of wanted to be you know, at the table, kind of one of the top two or three people to help shape an entire company's strategy and, and operations. And so that opportunity drove me to talk to a lot of growth stage, late, late private and, and smaller co public company, SaaS companies. And I hadn't heard of Clio. I was actually debating a few other roles. And I started talking to uh, somebody who's on our board who, who I knew from a previous company. And he said, hey, you should chat with Clio. You know, that could be a good fit. And as I dug in, I got really excited about learning about vertical SaaS and, and a lot of other verticals where companies have built awesome businesses and the journey that Clio was on, the leadership position that, that Clio uh, holds and, and what that entails in terms of our ability to kind of build upon that. And then as I met Jack and the team and, and our investors, it just felt right. And it quickly emerged as the one that was kind of top of my list. So we were able to kind of mutually work things out. And I think the role itself in terms of the challenges that Clio was facing at that point. It's my two-year anniversary tomorrow, actually. And the company had done such great things, but there was still so much more to do in terms of our aspirations and some of our strategies, which we can talk about. So I felt like even though it was in a clear leadership position, it was still so early and there was so many interesting strategic challenges ahead of us. That would be fun to kind of come be part of and try to help drive. Yeah. And I mean, you've made a huge impact right from the start. And, you know, we're, we're filming this, we should point out, at ClioCon, and we've just had the announcements of the product. And I said to you, this was a crazy. And he was like, we're still just getting started. So I just love the ambition and mission of, of what you're doing under your stewardship. So um, I'm going to dive a question because in your interview, I believe with PR Newswire, you stated every interaction I've had with this team has been nothing but positive and inspiring. So what do you most enjoy about being part of Clio? I mean, it's really, it's such a great culture. And that extends to how we think about our current customers, our prospects, and our employees. Uh, and, and the industry as a whole, I think, you know, Jack has done an amazing job of really establishing Clio as not just a great company, but really a visionary and a, a driver of, of an overall industry advancement. And there's such a positivity to, 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 to how people operate at, at Clio. There's almost no internal fighting. You know, we, we, we disagree in a, in a healthy way, but there's no self-optimization where almost every interaction is about what's best for the company, what's best for our customers. And that's, it should be very common, but it actually is hard to find in companies, I find. And if we can keep that, we'll, we'll, we'll be great. So that's one of my main goals is making sure we build the right culture, the right organizational structure, the right incentives, so that we can maintain a lot of that really awesome, positive culture. Um, yeah, as we continue to scale. And, and that's something I can attest to, you know, we're, we're, we're very proud to partner with Clio and, you know, everyone that I speak with is just really top of the field, but also got that human real value, a relationship. And it's, it's just a great place to, you know, be part of. And, you know, we're excited about seeing where, where Clio is going to go. So let's talk more about your role and where that's going, because you are the chief operating officer at, at the, uh, the company. Tell us more about the responsibilities you have and, you know, not necessarily now and, and where you see that going. Well, my, uh, what I do at 
basically I was, I'm really in charge of the commercial operations. So that entails all of our go-to-market functions, um, you know, sales, marketing, customer success, onboarding, migrations. Uh, I oversee our international business in, in uh, EMEA and in APAC, our, our payments business, and then some of our operational functions like business business operations and strategy, data science. So it's a lot. And luckily, I have a great team underneath me to uh, do all that stuff because, you know, they're all experts <laughs> in stuff that I don't know how to do. So. It's true. But I mean, there isn't many COOs of a centaur that are, you know, legal tech unicorn. So talk, so talk us through, obviously it's a unique one today we're at ClioCon, but a typical day in the world of Ronnie, talk, talk us through it. Because there wasn't many people like you doing what you're I mean, it's really not, not a typical day. I would say there's a cut over a week, maybe it'd be a little bit easier. Like the, the, the things I tend to spend my time on are, I, I have a lot of one-on-ones. I, I value those and I, I really prioritize those both with my directs as well as with a lot of cross-functional peers uh, to make sure we're staying aligned as possible and I support my team. You know, a number of key team meetings that happen, Jack's staff meeting, my staff meeting, those are really important. And then, you know, we have a really strong business cadence where we look at our weekly performance, our, our monthly performance, and those kind of happen, our OKR reviews. So it's a combination of these big kind of plan review meetings, a lot of one-on-ones, and then of course, a lot of ad hoc, what are the issues of the day? How do I get the right group of people together to really hone in on and make decisions on key issues to unblock things as much as possible. I want to be, you know, very diligent and very fact-based, but very efficient. That's kind of the culture that we try to propagate. So that's kind of what a typical week will look like. And then I like to spend time as much as possible with customers and prospects as well, just to make sure we're making decisions based on as, as you know, field feedback from the, from, from the frontline users. And I, and I feel that, you know, even as a, as I say, as a partner of Clio, Clio really wants to invest in relationships, you know, really internally, externally, or in the wider. And I think that's what's unique about, you know, because companies can grow at such a big scale and lose that culture. And you've talked very directly to the fact that is what drew you here and what wants to keep you here and keep others here is, is that culture. So I love that you talk about that. We are at ClioCon, as I mentioned, you know, the theme this year is amplify your impact. So since you you've joined can you highlight some of the key initiatives that you along with the team have sort of um bought and how bought bought to clio and what they've impacted the company's growth i mean it's been a lot in two years but uh you know luckily i was able to join a company that was already very healthy and was operating in, in an extremely you know, high high level of efficiency and and all that but there's always room for improvement and that's kind of what my job was to do so you know, it all starts with talent. First of all, do you have the right roles? Do you have the right leaders? And luckily, in many cases, we did. But there were some other cases where we felt we had to bring in some additional talent. And we were able to recruit some really world-class leaders to the team who up-level their roles massively and their functions. So that was priority number one. I would say we looked at our overall go-to-market strategy. And as we thought about the next phase of growth, we needed to revamp that. And we did a, a very major transformation about a year ago that has had really positive results. So that was another area of focus. I think the third area was, what's our business cadence? Um, how do we run the business week, week to week, you know, month to month, quarter to quarter? How do we set goals? And how do we get a thousand odd people to do that as efficiently as possible across a bunch of different leaders and different functions? Um, and that is where I spent also a lot of my time. And to do that well and thoughtfully, has, has, we've taken that in, in sequential order of, of thinking about different aspects of that. And that's a never-ending mission. You never really feel good about all of that. You're always criticizing, okay, that, that, that could be better, that review meeting or that goal-setting process could be better. So we've made a lot of progress there and up-level things, and that'll continue to be a focus to 
as we get more products, more regions, more staff, we're going to continually continually reevaluate uh, what's working well and how to how to improve that. So those are some of the areas that I focused on. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's a it's a massive role. I always like to ask people, you know, very authentically and openly, you know, with that comes a lot of challenges, right? And you've talked about how you debate things internally in your chat, but what have been some of your personal challenges throughout your career that, you know, you're in such an amazing position with, a, you know, an amazing organization. It's an inspiration for a lot of people who might be sort of lower down trying to go through their career. How have you got through certain challenges in your career? What, what wisdom would you pass on? Well, I think, especially as you move up, you have to know what you're doing functionally and have the skill set, and that becomes almost table stakes. And then what differentiates, I think, whether you're successful in a role or a company or, or in your career is, is the re- ability to have great cross-functional relationships. And, you know, sometimes you might like people more than, than other people. And I think the best leaders are able to form those really solid relationships not just with the people that you like working and that you kind of see eye to eye with or, or it's natural, but how do you put yourself out of your comfort zone and, and really figure out how to form those close relationships, those strong working relationships with, with people who you might not be as uh, closely connected with? And, you know, frankly, in some roles, I, I wasn't as good at that earlier in my career. And I realized that is necessary as a senior executive. You've got to be able to work across the entire suite of people and figure out how to be productive uh, or else you're going to not succeed. And and so that's a learning thing I've kind of gone through over, you know, multiple roles. And just out of interest, have you, have you ever had mentors throughout your career or that people that, or people that have sort of guided you during those, those periods? I wouldn't say I have like a formal mentor, but I was fortunate enough to have a number of really exceptional bosses, leaders who I've worked for, a couple CEOs I've worked for that I think are uh, incredibly capable and gave very strong feedback. And uh, that's helped me a lot. I was fortunate to have some of that early on in my career. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Now I want to talk um, a little bit, pick up on Jack's keynote, um, because correct me if I'm wrong, but he talks a lot about the legal latent market in terms of, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. That's your three dot three trillion dollar, I believe, opportunity. So I want to see, what do you see as some of the most um, biggest challenges, opportunities in the legal tech industry? in the coming years and how is Clio positioning itself to address that, particularly under your leadership as COO? Yeah, it's a, it's a big, big challenge. Um, if you've ever hired a lawyer on, on your own, you know it's very difficult, right? You don't know how to assess uh, who to go with, how, how to assess quality. You know, typically, you'll ping maybe your network or a couple friends and, and they'll say, oh, I use this person and and then you're off and running and you don't really know whether they're good or not. It's hard to assess. So I, I continue to think there's a big opportunity in the industry overall to kind of help democratize and create more of a consu- a, a really clear leadership kind of opportunity for how do individuals and, and small businesses find and find quality lawyers. A lot of what we're doing is helping lawyers market and, and reach out and, and do all those sorts of things which makes it more efficient and does activate part of that that $3 trillion market that you're referencing. But I think there's a, a whole other set of, of the ecosystem that needs to continue to emerge around uh, the discoverability and the ratings. And, you know, ratings is like a loaded word because lawyers don't like ratings. But um, just how do you find out the right lawyer for your specific need and quickly uh, engage? I think that that is an important aspect. And then 
we the, the more we can help lawyers be uh, efficient, the more throughput we can have, and that that'll help also uh, address things like Clio uh, Duo that we announced. If that's going to make lawyers more efficient, a lot of the automation uh, that we continue to build out and expand into our products, and just the the, the ease of use, mobile accessibility, all those things are about giving more time and more 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 time and availability for lawyers to spend on either sourcing clients or or seeing more clients doing a better job. So we're doing our part, but I think the industry overall has has a tremendous amount of headroom to to continue on to to truly get at that. And it's going to be a you know many year long uh, mission with a lot of new entrants and a lot of uh, expansion opportunities for folks like us. I just think it's a hugely interesting and fascinating time for legal tech. Time for a short break from the show. Calling all lawyers who want to work smarter, not harder. Are you tired of following old processes just because? Or do you feel like your current setup is letting you down? Then I recommend you try Clio, the legal software that streamlines your workflow and keeps your entire firm organized. With Clio's cloud-based legal software, you can quickly and easily manage your cases, billing, documents, and calendar, all from one place. They've even got an easy-to-use mobile app, so you can stay on top of your cases wherever you go. Join the tens of thousands of legal professionals worldwide who trust Clio for all of their legal needs. It's the legal software that works for the modern law firm. Dive in, start using it right away with their seven-day free trial. Sign up now at clio.com forward slash legally speaking. That's C-L-I-O.com forward slash legally speaking. Now back to the show. And Jack talked on this and we had someone previously on the show, Piers Linney, who was a former dragon off Dragon's Den in the UK, which is similar to Shark Tank over in the US. And he talked a lot with the the introduction of AI, the need to move up the pyramid, the value chain. And, you know, Jack touched on that in his his keynote as well. You mentioned Clio Duo, but people who may be new, who listening to the show not familiar with it, tell us a little bit about Clio Duo from the AI and where you see that potentially going. Because that for me was huge. Yeah, like huge analysis. We're super excited about it. Obviously, you know, everybody is focused on AI in 2023 and, and um, you know, people are just getting started. So we made our announcement today around a new product called uh, Clio Duo, which is really your assistant that is going to help you uh, navigate everything you need to do as you interact with your customer base, client base, as you use Clio's products. And we have some initial functionality that we've rolled out today, but we see that as a major investment area and we'll continue to expand that. And it's really about how do I, how do we help lawyers have an assistant that follows them along and anticipates their needs to perform their practice of law more efficiently, but also how do they run their, their firm more efficiently? And so there's a lot underneath that. Obviously, we're going to have to sequence out the ever-expanding set of capabilities that Clio Duo will undertake. And I think what's great about it, and it's it's a little bit daunting, right? If you're a customer today, whether you're in the legal tech space or even with us, we, we're looking at AI solutions for a bunch of our go-to-market capabilities and various aspects of our business. There's such a plethora of uh, emerging early-stage solutions all claiming to do, you know, a bunch of things. And you have to decide how quickly you want to go, how comfortable you are trying kind of unproven solutions and unproven vendors versus how much you want to stick with uh, some of the people who really have demonstrated they they build great quality and sustainable products. And so 
are you looking at point solutions or are you looking at kind of integrating AI into, you know, a broad operating system? And we think that as we continue to expand Clio Duo, the value that we're going to be able to bring to our um, users is going to be immense. And there'll be an opportunity for point solutions to exist, no doubt. And we'll integrate with a lot of them through our awesome ecosystem, app ecosystem, but but a, an all-in-one solution where you're doing your overall firm management with a really broad AI platform, we think will be very compelling as we continue to bring that to market. I, I absolutely agree. And, uh, and one thing that really stuck with me was the, I think not maybe a misquote, but lawyers are indispensable. And it's it's true, right? You need, there's no conversation of this is a nice to have, like Clio is all in on AI, it's the buzzword, but just seeing this technology and where it can go. I think if you're a law firm leader or listening to this and still ignoring this, you're going to be probably out of business pretty, pretty soon. That's how fast and this is, this is moving. What would be your tip to somebody sort of, you know, is, is your role who might be quite risk averse or scared of this speed of change? You know, what would you say to those law firm leaders or people in law firms to say, look, be open-minded, take, take this on it. It isn't as scary as you would say, what, what would be your, your sort of words of support for those people that are cautious about all of this tech? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's similar to a lot of the message that Clio has provided to the industry, you know, well before my time, but you know, you hear Jack talk about 15 years ago, him coming out and, and how innovative and, and radical this notion of being, having your practice run on a cloud-based solution. And now that is obviously becoming the norm, although not for everybody, there's still some people who aren't there, but hopefully we can get more of those folks on our platform. And there's real value in doing that early. You know, you don't have to be the first adopter, but I don't think you want to be a laggard. I think you want to be ahead of the curve, so to speak. So I think it's about embracing it, really learning it. A lot of the software, it's so cloud-based and it's so easy to start. You're not making massive deployment decisions or even huge budgetary decisions. It's the, the impediment is often time, attention, and, and the willingness to try it more so than anything, you know, bigger. Obviously, if you're a big, a huge firm, there's, there's more operational challenges, but if you're most lawyers in America are working for small, medium firms, and I think that's true in, in you know uh, many of our markets. So I would say just have that growth mindset, willingness to try. It's it's pretty low stakes actually, and you'd be surprised. And there's no real benefit of of being a laggard here because you 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 will find yourself behind your competitors, behind the market, and then you're scrambling. You know, so so you know just easier said than done for some people. Like my mother, you know, she's like <laughs> I can tell you stories about her technophobia and I, I get it not everybody is a techno uh centric yeah. person but yeah that that's where this thing is going so it's time to get on i think if you want to stay ahead of the curve i i remember some of my mentors said to me maybe you'll have a view on this but it's better to be first than it is to be better i.e get out there and get learning along the way and get out there and stay curious and done is better than perfect because perfect never gets done right so i think you know that's the mindset you know which lawyers listening to that will probably freak out but it's the way the world's moving you've got to kind of move at this space of adoption keeping up with the pace because with legal tech just being here today at ClioCon and seeing all the integration part i mean it's it's not the industry that it was my grandfather was a lawyer 50 60 years ago and you know his, he would just be freaking out you know <laughs> of, of all of this so well and it does i mean it, it it it's going you know jack gave a good set of kind of stories i think around the accounting industry how in yes. his keynote where when certain tools came out like spreadsheets and things like that, there was a lot of concern that accountants would be put out of business or not needed and the industry would would shrink and the exact opposite has happened. And it's up level their ability. They're now able to act, add even more value, be, be more of a true consultant and advisor as opposed to doing some of the blocking and tackling of things that spreadsheets can do. And I think that's um, where AI is going to 
uh, impacts the legal industry. It allows folks to have more time to do higher caliber, higher quality work or serve more customers more efficiently. And that's the way lawyers should, you know, view this as opposed to some of the, you know, some of the media who likes to write, oh, this industry is going, going away. This industry is going away. That's been said for hundreds and hundreds of years across all sorts of different industries. And, uh, you know, there's not going to be a substitute for the type of deep, intellectual strategic advice that I think you rely on, but it may shift the, the nature of the type of work you do over the course of the day or over the course of the week. That's it. I mean, I, I run a legal talent solutions business on top of this, but in the recruiting world for recruiting lawyers for years and years and years, this is, this is just going to be a new wave. Just look at the, a podcasting job didn't exist. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's going to be these new waves that, as you talk about moving up the value period. One topic I do want to talk about, which we're very closely aligned uh, here as a legal student podcast, and I know at Clio, which is a huge problem that Clio is taking head on is access to justice and you know it's um and, and legal aid which was talked a lot about today um just tell our listeners a bit about what clio is trying to do to really service this 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 key challenge that you know i definitely can believe can be solved but at the moment it's still quite quite critical yeah there's solved. a um, i don't know the numbers offhand but there, there's a very large amount of uh government budget that goes to fund legal aid in the u.s and there are strict requirements around how firms that work on cases against that budget need to track and report on all of the, you know, all of the spend. And we have a lot of legal aid firms using Clio Managed historically, but we haven't had that bespoke functionality and as well built out until what we announced today, which is really a, a legal aid full module that addresses a lot of those needs that you've been hearing about. And I think that'll be awesome for uh, our customers and uh, more importantly, for the important work that uh, a lot of those firms do, which is working on really some of the most in need uh, constituents in, in our society. And so the fact that we can provide great technology and help help advance that cause, you know, really is, is awesome for, for a lot of our staff to see. It's also taking a step back from like a business perspective, really interesting because it's, it's, we consider that kind of like a practice specific functionality. And one of the things we announced today is we've been more of a horizontal solution where the functionality that we develop really applies to all the different types of practitioners and practice areas. And legal aid, we kind of view as our first uh, practice specific module. And we also announced personal injury today, which is a huge market in uh, the US and lots of other markets. And also has a lot of really uh, differentiated needs that haven't been as well served. And so we've uh, we've released that. It's available, you know, in our booth here. And we've gotten great reception from a lot of our existing PI firms. And I think you'll see us really, really do well by 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 serving that that type of practice area. And then that's just, that's the type of strategy that we think over time you're going to see a lot more practice area specific modules on top of the core managed functionality. So. As the industry gets evolved and as people's needs continue to elevate, we have to meet them where they want and and, and give them, uh, you know, the basic functionality isn't isn't good enough anymore. We have to complement that with really bespoke needs. So we're excited to do that. Yeah, and, and the level of bespoke is incredible, and the way it just integrates with Clio Grow, Clio Manage. I've just had some product demonstrations today. It's it's phenomenal the amount of thought. Like the one percent details aren't forgotten. I think that's what really makes Clio shine in terms of me and what I see and what the lawyers say. And again, again, when you're talking a lot about sort of really focusing on law firms, particularly when it comes to utilization rates, realization rates, collectibles, and really showing the data, right? The stats don't lie. And actually how your technology is helping profitability and cash flow, which taking some small firms is a real issue, is, is just phenomenal. Now, I'm going to be cheeky because I know there can't be too much you can tell me sat here, but 
What are the future plans? Because you did say off air, we're just still getting started. And I was like, I've just been mind blown today what I've heard. So what does future plans for Clio look like? Are there any insights you're willing to maybe give us a little taste about? Yeah, obviously I can't share too, too much, but I would say broadly, and these were things that excited me when I took the job. And luckily we've been making good progress and we'll continue to do so. Uh, when I got to Clio, we were primarily a two product company, really manage and grow. And we've launched payments, we've launched uh, e-filing today, we've launched our PI add-on, well, we've you know, bought Waya and, and brought that to market. And so when you have this amazing foothold where you are providing great kind of an operating system for, of legal to so many law firms, the challenge is where do you take, and, and the exciting opportunity is where do you take it? Uh, there are so many additional add-ons and products and extensions that we can bring to market. We've announced a few of them today. And I think you'll see us going over the next couple of years to a significantly wider product suite to serve our clients more and more. So this, this we're early on this multi-product journey, which is really hard for a lot of companies to go from single product to multi-product. It's not just from the technology perspective, but from the sales and support and marketing. Like it, it, it forces you to rethink your whole uh, operating model as an organization. So we're we're making good progress there. I think that'll be a theme. And then you know, we're so excited about the international opportunity. Luckily, I've had a lot of experience in a lot of my previous roles leading international teams at scale. And um, that excited me about Clio. And we've really been leaning into our media growth and launching APAC. But we have users in over 100 countries today. And I, I have Slack channels where I see every single deal that comes in in EMEA and APAC and in the rest of the world. And it's so inspiring when you see Saudi Arabia, you know, Egypt, Ghana, you know, Singapore, all over the world uh, daily are signing up and, and we get why they sign up. There's a real need to serve uh, users in all those markets. And so we're, we serve them. I would say we have an opportunity to do even a much better job in terms of further localization and further sales and marketing efforts. So uh, over time, I think you'll see us get much more multi-product and much more international. And I would say those are two long-term trends for us in addition to obviously what we're doing today. Yeah, and it's it's impressive because obviously I've come over from the UK. Clio very kindly invited me over. Um, you know, the growth in the UK, like you said, you launched in Australia, you've got the certifications there. You're just really going for the international thing. It's exciting. And so before we wrap up, let's stick on international because we're we're tuning in Nashville right now, but ClioCon next year, 2024, Texas, Austin. Tell us tell us why people should come along to that. I mean, this is my first time here as a ClioCon. I would definitely be coming again. I think it's absolute law library of fun entertainment and education is going to help you if you're a legal professional drive your business forward, but get people excited about Texas yeah. next year. Well, I mean, Austin's a great city, first of all, so it'll be a ton of fun. If you've never been there, I highly recommend it. I used to actually work for a company that was based in Austin and uh, I can guarantee if you come, you'll have a good time. But in terms of the ClioCon conference, this is our, I think, 11th year. Is that right? And uh, what's really unique about it is it's really a legal industry conference. Even though it is ClioCon, we do want to make sure people know about and have full uh, awareness of all of our products. We've got over 100 integration partners here across the industry. We have a tremendous amount of content that is just about how do you practice law more um, effectively, regardless of our products and services. So I would say, don't worry about, oh, I don't want to come listen to just sales pitches. We are very conscious about making sure this is uh, making everything that we can available in terms of people who want to know about Clio, our products, our services, answering questions. But a lot of people come here for just general trend awareness. What's going on in the industry? How do I run my practice more effectively? 
what are the, the things I need to be aware of? And so I think that balance is really important, that it's, it's an industry conference just as much as it is a Clio conference, combined with you know, a great time, you have a lot of fun. Uh, you haven't been yet, but the party tonight and tomorrow night are actually really fun. I know sometimes networking isn't everybody's jam, but if you uh, like to have a good time, you, we, we, Clio knows how to do that as well. So highly recommend it. Guarantee you'll have a good time if you come next year. Yeah, and I, I'm loving every minute of it. So I'm, I would definitely just plus one what everything Ronnie said. Right, final question, Ronnie. You talked about talent and I'm in the talent world and it's something that I'm so passionate about people finding the right jobs and you know generally having a fulfilling career. So what would be your advice? People are going to be excited listening and learning about what we've talked about Clio today. What's your advice for anyone who will be looking or wanting to join the Clio team? How could they go about it? Yeah, well, uh, you know, we, uh, we're very much still in growth mode. We are fortunate that we're able to do that despite some of the macro you know, challenges. And uh, we've added a lot of staff this year and we're finalizing our 24 budget. We expect to hire across most of our functions. Next year, we post all of our roles online. So I would say, you know, have a look. And if you, if you see anything that interests you, definitely apply or try to network your way in. But we'll be expanding our, our team and we're looking for great legal tech talent. Uh, you don't have to have legal tech experience, but uh, can you get stuff done? Are you very positive, optimistic? And are you really a strong executor? Uh, those are the kind of the traits we look for. And we'll, we'll definitely be looking to expand. So welcome anybody who's interested to apply. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've had an absolute blast. I was looking forward to this, Ronnie, and it hasn't disappointed. You've over-delivered as I thought you would. So if our listeners want to learn more about your career, Clio, what's the best way for them to find out more? Yeah, if you'd like to learn more about Clio, you can visit clio.com slash UK or follow us on social at GoClio. And if you want to join us next year in Austin, you know, tickets are at their lowest price right after the conference. You can get your pass at cleocloudconference.com. You know, it's so great to see the UK legal community here and look forward to continue to hopefully partner with you, Rob, and uh, look forward to uh, working together. So thank you very much for your support. No, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I, I hold Cleo in very high regard and it's been an absolute pleasure doing this recording. And I'm going to wish you and all of the Cleons lots of continued success for the future and beyond. But for now, from all of us, over and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like the content here, why not check out our world-leading content and collaboration hub, the Legally Speaking Club, over on Discord. Go to our website, www.legallyspeakingpodcast.com, for the link to join our community there. Over and out.